This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com. Click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWPOD. Sign up now. Special offer for new users. You get a free six-month RotoWire subscription for a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. This is Chris Liss of RotoWire.com, and I am talking to Yahoo Sports. Dalton Del Don, after a tragic and devastating Game 7 loss, uh, which you wound up attending, correct? That is correct. I was there. I spent a decent amount of money on a ticket, and um, I was there. I uh, couldn't get any other of my friends to pony up, so I was there by myself, and which meant I was sober. It's, so, hard, uh, it's hard being the richest among your friends, isn't it? Uh, or that, or the dumbest, uh, one or the other, um, because uh, I, I was I was the Good fool. Point. I was the fool who spent the money and sat there and and witnessed that in, in person. And like I said, I had to to drive myself. There, therefore, I was sober, so I had to deal with all that in a in a, in a clear state of mind. And um, it was uh, it was tragic, as you mentioned. And um, I don't know, it was memorable. If I had to do it all over again, I guess I probably would. Um, How I, much were the tickets? How much was the ticket? I'm not. I'm not, not going to say. I'm Come on. Ticket. Was it more than fifteen hundred? It, it. Yes, it was. Was it yeah. less than two thousand? In between, correct. So what's the point of not saying the exact amount? Or when <laughs> right. between? Well, you always it? you always get me to say this stuff. Right. Right but anyway, all it's right, ridiculous. Yeah. Right, it's right. more than fifteen, less than two thousand. But you don't want to say there was eighteen eighty yeah. or whatever it was. Right, right, and right, right around that area. How about that? But um, I um, you know, I was in the, the behind the basket in which, in which uh, LeBron made his block. It will go down in history right in front of my grill. Um, it might as well have been blocking me. Right. I felt like it. And, um, yeah, and I sat there through the um, through the ceremony at the end, too. I'm like, you know, I, I wanted to get out of there, but I'm like, you know what? You're here. Just deal with this. And all the Cavs fans, in which there were way more than I expected throughout the game, you could tell. But then they all stayed, obviously, and came down toward the front and were very loud and obnoxious and um, – Congratulations to LeBron James and, and the, the, the city of Cleveland. Um, obviously, the Warriors won the season prior, but um, pretty crazy. I, I'm the, you know, I, I take sports far too seriously in general. And when you put your emotions like I, I think I've watched 79 of the 82 Warrior games this year or something like that on TV, went to uh, uh, three or four playoff games, including the game seven in OKC, 
and obviously this one. And uh, yeah, what a way to what a way to finish. Not 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 ideal. Well, at least when you lose in Game Seven, there you've played the maximum amount of games. Like there's nobody playing next week, leaving you behind. Yeah, well, yeah, awesome. We, we, we became the first team ever to blow a three to one lead in the finals, <laughs> and after winning seventy three regular season games, great. Yeah, no, thank you for the silver lining. The NBA really won. I mean, the way they handled the Draymond suspension, the first one, not giving it when it was more deserved, gets a seven game series and the more popular bigger market team in the finals, the record setting team in the finals, and then giving it extends this series. So they get two extra games, including a very widely watched game seven. I mean, they orchestrated that perfectly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm obviously bitter about the Draymond suspension, but I, I also can't say he didn't deserve it because of right. just so many infractions that he did have. And I'm a Draymond guy. Actually, I was there wearing a Draymond Jersey. Like he's my guy. Um, I really like him. And um, he, he obviously had a great game. So that helped. You know, he, he almost had – that would have been like the sickest thing ever if he went off for 42, 15, and 9, and they won game 7 right in front of me. Because I, I, I've always just said that uh, a lot of arguments I've been in with that he is – he's not a product of the system. He is super valuable, and he was making his outside shot, which was pretty pretty awesome right in front of me. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny. You give an inch, they can take a mile. I mean – Andrew Bogut gets hurt in that game, and there he you know, he wasn't playing a lot of extensive minutes, but Verizhao and Azili were terrible. I mean, they were awful as replacements, and that was a big deal. Igudala tweaked his back. Obviously, Curry was on 100%. I don't know. Come excuse. on. You can't make the injury excuse. Hold on. I'm not making excuses. He but was I'm good saying, the prior games. I mean, how do you know I he know. was? Okay. But Igudala, I think, was seriously injured his back, and I'm not making excuses. What I'm saying is... You know, that one little suspension, it didn't seem like, you know, the end of the world when you're up three to one, but things can happen. Injuries can happen. I'm not even a guy that ever uses the word momentum, but you lose the game at home. Then you go back to Cleveland in which the the Cavs were two and a half point favorites. And then anything could happen in a game seven. So is this, like I said, you give an inch and they can take a mile. And to their credit, they did. I asked you this on XM. Do you agree with the statement that LeBron was a warrior and Steph Curry was cavalier in that game? Yeah, that's a funny, nice, nice pun. Um, uh, I guess I do. Too soon? Is it it too soon to make a joke like that? How about that? Too soon, yeah. No, I love Curry. Did you you see the the GIF where Curry's throwing the ball behind his back, but it's not a ball, it's the NBA championship trophy for that turnover? Well, I, I, no, I have not. I've see, I saw that turnover in front of my face, but I did not. Uh, I have avoided pretty much all social media when it comes to basketball this all week. And I was going to give you a hard time for, uh, for, for us doing this podcast right during the NBA draft right now. But, again, I want to avoid all basketball, so I'm okay with it. So, right. no, I've not and seen Also, the draft. I mean, the NBA draft is definitely the best of the drafts but because it's so impactful. But – I mean, can't you just get an email with the results? I, I don't. I don't see why drafts are events that people care about. I understand people. I mean, I understand why they care about it, but I don't think they should care about it. Just give me the information. It's not like a sporting event going on. Just tell me who went where. It doesn't matter to right. me well, to see these guys coming up to the night. podium. The NFL oh. draft's such a joke. They're hugging Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell hugs these dudes. That's the enemy. That's the person who's not going to give you the money. When you have concussions and you can't get a job because you're brain damaged, he's going to cut off your health care and the money that you should legally be entitled to from the NFL giving you that damage. You know, he's the guy who's going to suspend you and destroy you for smoking a little weed in the offseason. Don't be hugging that guy. 
You know, I, I think Adam Silver's maybe a little bit more uh, benign. We'll see. We'll, you know, it's hard to say he's not been on the job that long. And yeah, well, the NFL draft is is a joke because what they've turned into a four day event. I mean, that's a little bit of excessive. Just uh, send me an email with the results, man. I don't care. Right. I don't just tell me who went where, and then I'll look into it. That's all that we really need to know. At least, yeah. And the NBA is kind of is is ex- extreme too because only like the top ten to fifteen players really matter, except right. for extreme things like my guy Draymond in the second round or Curry. But, uh, when was Curry drafted? Ninth, seventh, seventh. Oh, he was uh, that high. Okay. I, I yeah, the T Wolves took two uh, point guards directly in front of him. Not right. one, but two point guards, <laughs> and uh, I believe both are out of the league. I know one is, but um, anyway, um, Who's uh, like Johnny uh, Flynn or somebody like that. Who was it? They took? Yeah, 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 it was Flynn. Yeah, it was Flynn. Something uh, scrubby like that. But um, it's funny you say the silver thing because the crowd booed him so extreme in the awards ceremony just because the Warrior fans are so so butthurt and bitter over the the foul calls. But I, I, I'm 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 gonna accept it and say that they lost outright and, and deserve to. But man, they booed him. At that ceremony, like the 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 people did at David Stern back in the um, the drafts, which was pretty funny. Stern did the Hulk Hogan thing with the ear and accepted it, and it, that was always funny. But man, they were booing Silver like crazy at the ceremony. Good. I mean, those guys, you know, they get paid enough. They should they should take the heat. I mean, Goodell's job is to be a, a punching bag. I mean, everyone hates right. that guy. He gets right. paid well. We're joking about this on the uh, XM show, but you know how the NFL's Twitter got hacked. Yes, yes, I saw okay. that. And, and someone made a joke that Goodell had died, and that was what they'd use the Twitter to hack. I hope we didn't talk about this in the last podcast, and I'm not repeating myself. I don't think we did. No. But, but uh, we're saying that like, if you really want to do damage to Goodell in the NFL, you hack in and you say, the NFL has thought about this, and given the impact the concussions have had on players, we are going to immediately uh, make my entire salary – for this year available as payment to former players. So I made $35 million last year. My family's fine. This year's $35 million is going exclusively to concussion victims. You tweet something like that, and everybody's retweeting and saying, oh, my God, this is so great. We have so much respect for you. you know? And then, like, how do you get out of that? And then how, how do you, you react? How do you say right. that's how, fake? Right. How do you react to that? That would be funny. Because this, this marijuana policy is something from the dark ages. We've looked into it. Uh, it's completely unfair. We just we're destroying this kid's career. Meanwhile, you know, there's there's domestic abusers. Uh, you, know, you start saying stuff like that. We're going to reinstate Josh Gordon effective immediately. Let's have proportionality and justice in this league. You start tweeting stuff like that, and how does he walk that back? No, that wasn't me. All these retweets and likes and articles and think pieces saying the NFL has turned over a new leaf and it's a progressive organization. Nope, <laughs> that wasn't me. See what I mean? You could really do some damage doing that. It is absurd how much money Goodell makes. Like, it's out. It's crazy. Right. For, and he's not especially good at his job. I mean, the NFL is, is doing well in spite of him. You know, it's, right. it's reviled. Right. People are looking at it and saying, yeah, I love fantasy football, and I'm always going to bet on the games, but it's kind of disgusting. The whole league is gross. You know, and then the whole Brady thing. I, I saw a small clip of Bill Simmons talking to Ben Affleck about it. And Ben Affleck was, slur- he was apparently he was slurring his words and people were thinking he was drunk. Yeah. I heard this. I haven't watched it yet. I, I watched the clip. I, I don't think so. I think it was just, I, he might've been tired or something, but, but it didn't, it seemed far. I have it on DVR, just be, but, but I know the first guess is Barkley and they're going to talk hoops and I'm still not ready. I still am not ready to go there. <laughs> seriously. I, I only saw an online clip. I didn't see the actual HBO show. You know, what's funny. I don't know if I mentioned this and I won't mention the guy by name just, just cause, but you know, I'm renting out my house because we're moving to Germany. Sure. And we had a whole bunch of people come and look at it and stuff. And we had this 
potential renter that we pretty much going to rent to, but we're just going back and forth over some details. And he was kind of annoying about all these little, nothing was unreasonable, but it's just, all right, dude, just give it a rest. Just sign the thing and we'll work out the small stuff. It doesn't all have to be in the lease. Um, and right at the last minute, a guy who's now a writer on Bill Simmons show, he got the job. That's why he's moving to LA and needed to rent a house for a year, came to see the house and was like, Oh, I love the house. You know, I, I want to get it. You know, I'm like, all right, well we got this person who's like, so on the hook. So you have to like do it right away. But he couldn't because he wanted to rent out his own house and on the East Coast before he could do it and just wasn't ready to do it. So he lost it. But it's just funny that the, one of the dudes who's writing for that show almost lived in my house. Yeah, you have to tell me off, off air who, whom that is. Yeah. Um, before we move on to whatever nonsense you want to talk about, and I'll leave you with the floor the rest of this uh, podcast, um, a funny thing did happen is I was uh, very randomly, this was not planned, um, invited to a, a golf tournament um, Monday the next morning, 6 a.m. after um, I got home devastated with this Game 7 loss. And it was a, a charity event for Colin Kaepernick. And as you know, he's my guy. I love Kaepernick. I, I will live, ride or die with him. And I actually hung out with him a little bit, and it was pretty cool. And he FaceTimed my daughter, and um, I, I told him, you better beat out Gabbert. And he, his response was pretty funny. I don't want to put him on blast right now, but it, his response was, was, was very funny and confident. So, uh as long as you don't feel too, so you shouldn't feel too sorry for me. One of my favorite athletes, uh, albeit maybe a guy who's a third stringer this year, still love Kaepernick, and I got to hang out with him the very next day after this, you know, devastating Warriors loss. So he was he was a cool guy. You liked him? Oh yeah, in person. Yeah, like I said, I mean, he FaceTimed my daughter. Didn't have to do that. Um, and, yeah, your daughter and, doesn't know who the hell he is, though, dude. You realize that? Uh, well, it, it means I'm, nothing to her. Wife is on the other end. She's and three. She, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. well, what's it easier to be like? Hey, will you FaceTime my wife or FaceTime my three-year-old daughter? You know, I mean, we, you know, <laughs> to get him to do that. And, and by FaceTime, you just literally mean FaceTime. It's not code for anything. It's not code for anything. No, no. okay. But uh, I'll send you an, a, a funny video of him golfing, too. He's a, he's a better quarterback than he is a golfer. Oh, okay. Okay. But anyway, so that, so that, that was a cool little thing that randomly happened that wasn't expected. Um, I, I got to go to a golf tournament and, and you know. Had fun hanging out with Kaepernick, um, but I'm still a little bit uh, depressed. But, um, again, I'm a pretty spoiled uh, Bay Area sports fan, so what are you going to do? The Giants keep winning. At least there's that. Yeah. You know, the thing about the Giants is uh, Bumgarner, you know, there's no question about him. He's having his best year ever. But then Cueto is like a legit ace. They've got – When does that happen when you sign big free agent pitchers? When does it ever come, like, to fruition like this? Like, that's awesome. And if Samarja's had a, last, a couple bad – outings recently but he's been pretty good too but having two i mean samarja has been solid right he's like a solid number three but having two number ones is just such a big deal right, right. I mean, it's just su- i mean you go into the playoffs with such an advantage i guess it didn't work out for the dodgers last year but the dodgers don't have that i mean my has been decent he's been good but since his great start he's just been okay it's not that many teams have two aces i guess the cubs have five aces but they i, <laughs> I think they really have two yeah, no, I was pessimistic just because of the, you know the Berizito fiasco and how he performed with Kansas City. But to your credit, you you were on Cueto before the season, and I only ended up with him, and I think in one league, albeit a, an important NFBC league. And uh, yeah, he's been a monster, and he looks really, really good. Let's uh, talk about the Yahoo Friends and Family League. Um, it was dire for you. It's two hundred dollar bet we have on it, but if one of us actually wins it outright, it's five hundred. And I actually think, I mean, it's not going to. It's not going to have be an issue this year, but it should have been if someone's in last and the other guy wins, it's a thousand. Because I like that, yeah. Because that's like such domination, right? It should there should be extra, you know. As long as like there's certain people in the league, there's just no way either of us is going to get last, especially if you have that much money riding on it. 
I want to, who are the certain people? Who are the certain people? Yeah. Um, well, who do you think they are? Why don't you look at the standings you, you, and read it? You're who the they one are. that brought it up. You're the one that brought it up. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't even want to mention one of them. Okay. Uh, the other one's Funston, who doesn't make any moves. I'll just say that he just okay. never makes moves. So he's, you know, right. if you're, if you're going to trial, you're you're going to pass him. I um, think I know whom the other person you're speaking. Right. But okay, All right. dead last. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, there's no real risk. So that, that actually doesn't matter in this case. But I think it would just be cool for the bet. You have passed me temporarily. I'm annoyed because I, you know, it's a Thursday. It's a short day, and I didn't put Bucks in my lineup, and he stole base on my bench, which that always just drives me nuts. How many? How much do you leave on your bench in that league? It's a daily moves league, and so like on an early, you know, the, the slate starts at early in the morning, and you got to keep remembering to, you know, put all your guys that are active in. Do you leave stuff on the bench a lot, or do you always tend to it? I'm pretty good at these daily transaction leagues because I'm in uh, three Yahoo leagues that are the same. So I just what I try to do is just go to three days ahead. So I'm not going to be perfect as far as uh, someone might be out of the lineup, but I'm certainly like today, as you said, it's not a full slate. So you know you should have uh, all your guys. That's what I mean. Playing. Yeah. It's not like I, I have any. It's not like I made a bad choice. It's just there was only one choice, and I just forgot to make the move. It's interesting. You have Syndergaard. He had that scare. That you would have been. It would have been big trouble for you if you lost Syndergaard. Big trouble. But this was funny because I got up to a huge start the first two weeks, then dropped all the way to like eleventh out of twelfth for a while. And you were totally. You you like to revel in it and talk about it a lot on air, both on this podcast and NXM. And suddenly, quietly, I'm ahead of you, and I have all a hundred dollars of uh, my Fab left as well. The Fab's worthless. So that's not an advantage. What I have is I'm low on pitching innings which means my wins and strikeouts are undercounted right now. So I will gain a few points there. Moreover, I have Miguel Sano, Michael Brantley, you Darvish, and Rich Hill on the DL, all of whom should come back around the All-Star break. So I've got some serious reinforcements coming. And I just made two trades, by the way. Tell me what you think of them. I traded Chris Archer before he got shelled yet again uh, for K-Rod because I needed a third closer and also DJ LeMahieu, who, you know, he's just a chorus player basically with some batting average. And then I also traded uh, an injured Dexter Fowler straight up for Prince Fielder. What do you think of those trades? Um, yeah, well, I was wrong on Archer. I thought that he would be a bounce-back guy, and I thought he would improve and be the player he it's was. It's only last. June. I mean, he could still have a good run at the end. Yeah, he could, but, man, he's, he's proven me wrong so far. But, yeah, and a closer in this format is so important. And in case people don't understand what you were saying is – this isn't like a weekly format thing. There's an innings max. I believe it's 1450. So if you're under that, you can make it up by just picking up players if you need to in September. Um, and then that's – and also that you could take advantage of – I have a sneaking suspicion that's what you're going to do. I might have to block you in September trying to you know go after these terrible lineups that they have, these AAA lineups uh, the pitchers get to face. Um, but yeah, Desperate uh, times call for desperate measures. I'm sure you will. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, K-Rod, sure. I mean, he's pitched a lot better than he did in the beginning in LeMahieu. Uh, that seemed like a fair trade to me. And Fowler for Fielder is a is a really interesting interesting one to me. Fowler was a borderline MVP candidate the first two months of the year. Fielder looks done to me. I don't know. That that one, I don't know. I might be glad you did that. Well, feel, you know, Fowler's on the DL with a hamstring. And he's, it's not supposed to be serious. He should be back in like a week or so. But I've watched a few, and this is going to sound crazy, but I've watched a few of Fielder's recent at bats, and he just looks better to me. He's ripping it, he's ripping it right at people, he's drawing walks, he's not striking out as much lately, and I just think he's about to turn the corner. And if, you know, on draft day, Fielder was, you know, several rounds ahead of Fowler. Maybe wrongly so, but he was. And I just felt because one's on the DL, and I have a lot of DL guys right now, 
Right. Um, I was going to uh, make the trade. And Jeff took it. Jeff, to his credit, he just saw that it was a fair offer and just kind of took it. You know, it's so rare to get a fair offer that people are so happy. They're so pleased with you that they just take the take the deal. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice that Jeff, me, and you are all three, four, and five right now uh, in a – well. What's his name? DJ Short. I was I was bitching about this on the XM show. You know, I'd pick fifth, he picked fourth, and they let him get Kershaw. And it's just it's such an advantage in this format. I was like, as soon as he got him, I was like, man, that just sucks. You know, like he's probably going to win because of that, and then the rest of us are going to play for a second. It's just in an innings cap format when he's going to get you like 245, 250 innings of that, you know, out of your 1,400. It's just the proportion that he takes up of the total is so high, and it's such a high rate. I mean, his whip is point six six. Yeah, I thought he should be the number one pick in NFBC leagues, let alone oh, these. I <laughs> took him number one in NFBC. He's the only good pick I made. Is he the best player in baseball? That's what I called him in my of last course, call. Of course. Of yeah, course. Of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the hitters are all bunched in. I mean, you know, Mike Trout, maybe the best. I mean, fantasy-wise, you know, Altuve's been number one. But overall, you could say like Trout and Mookie Betts and Harper and, you know, some two-way guys. You know, mostly probably guys who play defense also. You know, guys like Lindor. Correa are going to be up there too, Machado, but like, and Harper just because when he finally, I don't know what happened to Harper. He was crushing it. Then they decided yeah, we're just going to walk him every time. So they did that, and then he just couldn't get it back. He just it just it just messed him up that they wouldn't throw him a strike, and now he's he's just sort of out of sorts. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the reasoning, but it's something. Yeah, that's very weird. He looked like you know the best hitter in baseball, and then suddenly not. So that that was definitely weird, but. But Kershaw, I don't care about the whole – I mean, I, I understand the defense thing, the two-way thing, but I hate the argument when people say, um, you know, you only play one of every five days. I mean, Kershaw's going to end up facing more batters than these guys are going to get plate appearances. Well, actually, he may not because he gets everyone out, but you get my drift. Right, obviously. I mean, that's stupid, one out of five days. It's like, yeah, but you only get up one every nine times. Right. In right. the games you play, right? He pitches to all nine of the other team's batters. You are just one of nine that the other pitcher faces. Right. I mean, I guess Pedro in his prime, because of the uh, the, the difference in eras, the offense was, what he did, is probably more impressive. But I this think, is definitely... I think, I think peak Pedro more dominant in terms of <clears throat> he could just blow people away more. Whereas Kershaw just doesn't ever screw up, ever. Like, it's just every game is one run or two runs or zero. It just, there's never... Right. It's it just, right. you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm... Maybe Pedro was it was exactly the same like this, but it, and, it almost and, means we can take him for granted, though. I feel like, yeah, I just feel like Kershaw. <clears throat> every time he starts, if I don't get a win, I'm upset. If I don't get at least nine strikeouts, if, if I get seven or eight with a win, and you know one or two runs allowed, I'm like, ah, oh, was kind of weak. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. that's crazy. Every you just expect he just never really has a bad game, and with pitching, that's so rare. Back to the point of friends and family. Owning a guy like that, as you said, in a 1,400 innings cap is just so unfair. You, should, you shouldn't get a second-round pick if you take Kershaw. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's so super unfair. Yeah, it's sick. Um, okay, so the other thing I want to talk about is this is really – so, you, you know, you're feeling sorry for yourself about your uh, Game 7 and all that. Here's what happened to me this weekend. So, okay, I'm, as you know, I'm moving to Germany. And so one of the things I had is a three-year car lease. I didn't know I was moving to Germany two years ago when I got the lease. So there's like a lease swap site. And so my third year of my lease, I got a guy to take it over. It's a pain in the ass. It costs like 350 bucks to list it on the site. It costs 350 bucks to pay this fee to have them do the contract, 100 bucks to run the guy's credit, all this stuff. But it's better than five grand in car payments for the year where my car would be just be sitting idle somewhere. It's good to get rid of this car. 
So I got this guy on the hook for it. Um, he's this Russian guy. He's very, very nice. And um, I'm all set to deliver it. You know, we checked it out. We did all the paperwork. And I said, uh, I'll give it to you Sunday. I was in Malibu this weekend at Heather's aunt's house. And from Malibu, we're going to drive sort of across the canyon to the valley where this dude lives. We're actually going to drive to Heather's friend's house with Sasha That's and her friends. You're, staying, you're slumming it at that shack? Yeah, you know, you've been there before, right? Now it's redone. It's ridiculous. The plan was to drive over there, then he'd be like 10 minutes away, pick up the car, good to go. So on the Friday, I go to a car wash, get it cleaned, vacuumed out, like all ready to give this guy. And Saturday morning, I drive sausage to this breakfast place in Malibu, Malibu Farms. It's excellent, delicious, fresh breakfast in this expensive parking lot where they charge you $5 every half hour to park. Park there, eat some pancakes and eggs and bacon and all that stuff. Uh, we're walking back and Sasha's like talking to the seagull and I'm like, come on, come on. We got to go. Cause the lot is, you know, charges us five bucks every half hour. So I get her in the car seat. I'm backing out and boom, I hit another car in the parking lot. Totally fucked. Right. So I have to like text this dude. I'm like, Hey man, I know I'm supposed to give you the car tomorrow, but I got to do an accident. So he's like, okay with it. He's, he's not bad with it. I said, okay, I'll pay the three fifty that you were supposed to pay me. I'll just wave that. Cause I'm gonna have to give it to you Wednesday or Thursday. Go to the body shop, all that shit. Um, you know, on Monday, you know, just get all the, the estimate, everything done really fast and pick it up today. But, you know, I got a $1,000 deductible. So not only did I not even testify or give a statement, but he did back into me because the back of his car is dented and the side of my car was dented. So obviously he hit me if we're both going backwards and the back of his car and my side's dented. So I fucking call Geico, and, I, and Geico says, no, you know, we've determined it's your 50-50 liability, so you're not getting your deductible back. Right. Okay. Back and slowly out of my spot, dude hits me in the side, and now I'm liable. So I'm like, how is that possible? I call the dude back. I'm like, I don't agree with this. Like, I'm backing up, looking what's behind me, looking through my rear windshield, and somebody hits me in the side coming from another angle. How am I liable for that? He's like, if you were both moving and you didn't see him, you're liable. I'm like, so if somebody mm. drops a brick on the roof of my car, am I liable? He's like, well, that's not collision. That would be other kind of damage. So, no, you wouldn't be liable. I'm like, okay, well, you're saying I'm liable if I didn't see him. He's like, yes. Even if you did everything right, if you didn't see him, you're liable. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, what if I got hit by an invisible car? Would I be liable? And he starts saying, visible car? Well, I guess in that case, I'd make a case for you. And then I go, yeah, so by your logic. He's like, well, but that would never happen. That's impossible. You're talking absurdities now. I'm like, dude, no, it illustrates the principle. If, if my not seeing it is cause for liability, then therefore an invisible car hitting me would be, I'd be liable. And he just didn't want to continue the conversation after that because he was fucking busted that his principle was wrong. And instead he focused on it being absurd. And I'm saying it's just a hypothetical to illustrate the principle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I would, I would want to give you a hard time, but I, um, two weeks ago, backed my Tahoe into uh, my garage leaving and, and busted you're my my, idiot. my bumper and my light up. So I, I hit a stationary object. So you're a total I, I can't idiot. give you a hard time. Yeah, I can't. You're, you're an idiot, but I'm a careful driver. And, <laughs> I mean, you're Fair definitely, enough. you know, it's different. But what I'm saying is, do you understand the hypothetical? If it's an invisible car that hits me, then I'm moving and I didn't see the object that hit me. And according right. to him, that right. means I'm liable. He, he shouldn't be debating the absurdity of that scenario. He should be saying by your own logic, yes, you would be liable, right? If an invisible car hits you. Cause I was saying when I'm pulling out in the back, it's like a V, right? He's on one side of the V I'm on the other side of the V and we meet at the point of the V that's how we hit. Okay. Cause the way the parking lot's set up, I parked to the right. He parked to the left. 
How the fuck am I supposed to see a car on the other side of the V when there's a car parked right next to me? Right? Think about it. Do you, you understand right. what I'm saying by the right. V? Right. I understand what you're saying. I understand. I understand. How am I supposed to see the other car? Is, could you see the other car? Think I mean, I, I know how, how frustrated you got with the $1 fast track injustice. This is so I, can't imagine, I, I can't imagine how much you're going to get fired up with this one. But do you agree with my case that, like, there's nothing I could have done? If I'm reversing, you look through your rear windshield and you make sure that nobody coming down that road to park is coming. Right. You make sure that there's nobody directly behind you. But I can't see if a car comes from the other side, the other arm of the V and smashes into my side. How am I supposed to see that coming? Sure. I understand. There's no fucking way I can see that with a car parked next to me obstructing my view of the car. And he's like, yeah, but if your view is obstructing, you couldn't see and you collided and you were moving when you got collided with, you're liable. I'm like, you're misapplying the fucking rule. Let me speak to a supervisor. And then what happened? I'm waiting for the call from the supervisor. I mean, there's no fucking way that that's the rule. That if I'm fucking just because I'm going just because I'm moving and somebody all of a sudden out of the blue hits me on an angle that I can't see that I'm somehow liable. Yeah, you keep getting screwed, it sounds like, man. Most people just roll with it like, eh, okay, they found me liable, fine. Fuck that, man. You're not going to stand for that. No, I pay my fucking insurance every month. Every month I pay the insurance. And what is the point of paying for your insurance? Yeah. Look, think of it this way. When you get insurance, you're making a bet. You're saying, I bet I might get into a crash, so I'll pay right. the right. insurance. They're saying, eh, you seem like you have a pretty good record. I'll bet you don't get into a crash, at least not often enough to justify the amount you're paying. That's the bet you make. Hey, you know what? I fucking won the bet. I got into a crash. Now fucking pay me. I won the bet. I won the bet. I got into a crash. Don't start dicking me around with this bullshit of... I don't think you lost the bet, but... No, I won the bet. I, when you buy insurance, you're betting that a crash might happen. That's why you buy... If, a, if you didn't think a crash could ever happen, why would you ever get insurance? I mean, right. you legally right. have to. I'm saying ultimately, it sounds like you might have lost here. I'm not, I'm not giving up yet. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway. So much injustice. So many injustices. This is small time compared to the real, you know, the monstrous stuff that's going on in the world. But sometimes you just got to. I hear you. There were a couple really bad calls against the Warriors Sunday night. I hear you. That's small. That was was true. True justices. Those were true injustices. Yeah. No, I mean, we can't even get into the bigger stuff. Yeah, is there anything to talk about politics? You we know, go? I mean, no, not much more than I've already said, you know, last week. I still think that's all true, what I said last week, that it, it's whatever. I don't even want to get into it. Let's just let it play out. You know what I mean? Okay. Speculation, right. it, 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 it's not worth it. You know, you just okay. let it play out because – But the polls, real quick, the polls are just going crazy Hillary, right? Um, I think she was up like six points or some had her ten points, but – you know, you got to say the media lo- wants her and the neocons, the people invaded Iraq, want her. Now they're starting to back her and she's doing a fundraiser with this guy, Robert Kagan, who's pro-Iraq war zealot. And that's who they're aligning with now. And those people don't like Trump because Trump, as much of a douche as he's been and all the horrible things he said, he is kind of like, well, why are we paying for all these wars and why are we doing all this? If Hillary's winning by so much, then she could tack left. If that's, who, you know, the, the idea of like, oh, well, she's. She really believes in all these progressive things, but for political reasons, she has to do this other stuff. Well, no, if she's winning this much, she could totally tack left. If she's so far ahead that, that she can just do whatever she wants, then you see what she actually wants to do. Nobody who supports her cares. It's just an eye roll. Eh, who cares? You know, but you should care. I mean, if you, if you actually care about what happens when she gets the, the job, if she gets the job. I still think, and we have that bet, right? What, what, what did you give me, uh, 12 to 1, that like somebody other than those two is going to be president? 
It's also interesting. Yeah, I think it was 12 to 1. It is interesting, though, that the polling suggested when, you know, her and Bernie were still neck and neck, um, you know, suggested that Bernie was the much bigger threat. And, in fact, Trump might beat her. But now it looks like it's probably going to be a landslide. But then again, of course, it could change. I don't um, know. I'll tell you what. If they get rid of Trump and some of the Republicans are talking about, you know, the convention kicking him out and run somebody else – then it will be a landslide because all those people voted for Trump are just going to stay home. But if they rally behind him and the truth starts coming out about all this stuff with Hillary and they don't get rid of her for some you know, indictment or some other reason, uh, I think it'll be closer than people realize because nobody likes her and nobody likes our senators, our government. Nobody likes any of that. You know, nobody's content with it. And she represents that and he represents something else. But anyway, I don't want to get too much into the politics. I don't, We'll see. I think we're sort of – it's kind of like the NFL, right? We're at a lull for news. I don't want to force it until something happens. All right. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, let's, let's wrap it up because it, uh, they don't have to be long. They just have sure. to happen. So, sure. all right, man. We'll talk next week. Sorry about the Warriors, and uh, we'll uh, revisit. That was the East Coast Offense Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with just a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code RW pod. That's more than $60 in value for just 25 bucks. Don't forget to use my code RW pod com, where every day is a new season. That's F A N D U E L.com. Sign up today. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday, our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.